Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 160 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, unfortunately, another loss, another day. It just keep they just keep coming. And uh, yeah, so the streak, the losing streak continues, and it has extended to seven. And the Kings are coming back to face Brooklyn and Golden State on a back-to-back. Fong, will they approach a nine-game losing streak this season? Uh, to be honest, pretty po- is most likely possible because Brooklyn, pretty tough. Even though, uh, let's see, is Katie out? I know Kyrie. Katie is out. Yep. So, but Kyrie is probably going to be there. Harden might be questionable. They're doing a back-to-back. I think they're playing in Phoenix tonight. And uh, yeah, I think I think Harden was probable. I think he's actually playing. I'm not sure. But uh, yes, uh, it will be Brooklyn tomorrow, and it will then be go- at Golden State on a back-to-back. So yeah, um, I'm prepared for two losses at this point. Like you lose to the struggling Knicks. There isn't that much hope left. It's it's good. It's gonna somehow get even worse before it maybe gets better. Uh, you never know. I mean, we'll we'll see another win someday. I mean, we're still waiting to see another win in uh, a home game that we should be going to maybe this season. I don't know. I actually don't know uh, anymore this season. Oh, well, tickets are getting cheaper, so we'll see. But yeah, as it stands right now, let's uh, let's actually recap the game. Kings lose to ninety six to one sixteen. Uh, it was it was not pretty game. So this is how the game started out. You know, Kings come out pretty flat. I mean, they I think they hit a three on the opening possession, but after that they come out pretty flat. And the one guy you kind of have to worry about on the on the Knicks as a shooter is Kevin Kemba Kemba almost called him Kevin Walker Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier so what do they do Evan Fournier gets four threes to open the quarter and that's how the game started that's just like I don't know what to say like granted I saw what they were trying to do the Kings I mean they were trying to pack the paint and you know like you pack the paint by helping off the weak side but they have to know like the coaching staff has to tell the players there's there are one or two guys you don't help off of and Evan Fournier does not do jack shit on defense granted he was okay on that end this game but like he's not a good defender but the one thing you have to worry about is that he can score so and that's about what he does and so like the coaching staff just needs to tell the players and just like hey there's one or there's like one guy you don't ever want to help off of yeah so you know just please don't help off of him but that's what they did uh, well, that's great. So, I'm assuming that the Knicks shot a lot of threes. And by the way, I was unlucky to watch this game, to be honest. Are, were you unlucky? Like, were you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Busy guy, so I don't know. I can't make an excuse for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's too bad, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, so the I, I'm I'm pretty sure the Knicks are not a good three point shooting team, but you know any team that plays the Kings, they just they just um, light it up from light it up from downtown. Basically, yeah, the the opening quarter, the the Kings trailed by eight and basically just never really threatened. And like I'm watching this game and I'm looking at I'm looking at the Knicks, like they're not a good team. Like you know they they struggle to score, they don't they don't get out in transition, and they just. They're not they're and they're a little bit discombobulated themselves. They've actually been struggling. And, you know, they must have loved it when the Kings came in because guess what? They start hitting threes, they start getting out of transition, and hell, they locked they locked up the Kings a lot on defense, but at the same time, like I'm looking at the Kings offense, it just they just don't for whatever reason, they, there are just times where they stop the ball movement. Like, you know, the move, the ball movement was okay in the first quarter. There were shots that didn't go down. But, like, as soon as shots don't go down, like, they just stop moving the ball and start relying on hero ball. And, yeah, and it, it doesn't get you anywhere. And it lets you, and it kind of gets you to a loss like this one. Uh, let me guess. Is it a lot of shots from Buddy? So, yes, but I'm not going to blame him too much for it because... I, you know, hilariously, apparently he had one of his better games um, this game, despite shooting four for 13. But like, there were some bad shots, of course. But like, he wasn't the main culprit. Like, I know we crap on Buddy a lot. I'll say this: he was part of the problem, but he wasn't like the main problem. It was a team thing. Mm, okay. Well, that's not too bad, I guess. <laughs> So yeah, um, the, the the Knicks like they're not a good team, and like they they left a lot of openings for the Kings for the rest of the game for them to get back in. But the Kings either couldn't get a stop, or you know on on a lot of possessions couldn't get the damn rebound, and they just and then like if, if they do you know get a stop and get the rebound, they can't score consistently on the other end because it's one guy trying to create and just trying to make something happen. And that's unfortunately the story of the Kings. Um, these past, what the past month, just when things get tough, they rely, they you know resort to hero ball, ball movement stops. Nothing, you know, there's no like chemistry, there's no movement, there's no connectivity with the team, and boom, it leads to a game like this where you know the Knicks slowly inched away, and until like they blew, blew us out in the fourth. Oh man, that's too bad. But uh, do you think we'll ever see a win with this type of offense in the future? What the fuck kind of a question is that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Like it's it's ugly basketball, and the Kings actually don't like. Uh, I'll be honest, it's not like the it's not because of the offense like that they can't win games. They don't have the talent to run this offense. They just don't. Like Buddy is not a ball handler, you know. You don't have TD anymore, so you have to play him. Harrison Barnes just doesn't have the mentality to do that. Halliburton, we've seen it, not really that kind of guy, not naturally to him. Davion isn't good enough to do that yet, and like, who else is going to do it? Like, you know, if you have Giannis on your team, like, fine, yeah, you can make things happen, but this ain't this ain't the team to do that. Ah oh, man, I was hoping like maybe someday. I don't know. I haven't seen the schedule that we play maybe uh, somewhat competent team, not not incompetent team. I meant to say against the Kings, and maybe we'll somehow squeeze on through that game uh, with this type of offense. OKC is a game that's coming up, but honestly, like at this point, I'm not counting the Kings to win against any team. Like again, the Knicks were struggling. They, I, I don't, I didn't check their record, but they have been like, 
you know, their fans are like slowly dying off. Wob has been talking about like on his uh, reviews, like, you know, he was actually laughing at the Kings after this and like calling them basically a get right game. But before this, they were struggling like Julius Randle, not scoring all that well. RJ Barrett can't like I think RJ Barrett's been playing well. He didn't play well in this game, but he but, you know, he struggled and he's been struggling and like. You know the rest of the team they they don't seem connected like there's actually talks about julius randall being traded at some point and we'll get to that in a little, little bit but like this team isn't great but there's still a level of competency with them and you know they have good coaching granted you know i have question like i kind of have question marks about tom thibodeau's coaching but it's a defensively minded team and they came to play that's simple as that and the kings simply did well, the only two guys that managed to even do well in the Kings were Halliburton and uh, Mitchell. Everyone else kind of just laid an egg, just could not get anything going. And yeah, just a, not a fun game at all. Ah, oh, man. Well, I guess let's hope for a better game sometime because I'm, I'm not expecting much for Nets or even the Warriors. But yeah, I guess we'll have to see. And luckily for you, you don't have to watch it. So good, for, good for you. But uh, I'll be here Thursday <laughs> for the Warriors, I guess. Well, hopefully, um, that's a good game. I guess. I don't know. I'm lo- if, you, if you can tell, if you couldn't tell, like I'm losing my mind. Like I'm just, I'm, I don't have any optimism left through this team. This team is what it is. And I, I made a reference that, like, you know, we're waiting for the trade deadline, of course. And you know, it, it's coming. And it will it will pass at some point, and hopefully that's when things get a little better. But this is what it, this is what I'm seeing like as seeing in my head right now. It's basically the finish at the Royal Rumble between Roman and Seth. You know, uh, Roman has Seth in the guillotine, and you see Seth just crawling to the ropes, trying to get a hold of the ropes, and you know he's just about to get to the rope, and then he loses the match. And the reason why, I, well, the, the reason why is because it was a DQ. He technically won the match, but did he really win? Like, he got his ass beat afterwards and then just laughed like a joker. And yeah, that that's a whole nother story on its own. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we'll, we will get to the trade deadline at some point. But if it's like a dud, if it's like non-trades, like no, nothing big happens or worst case scenario, a, a nothing, nothing happens at all. Like then we're just back to this we're still we're still getting choked we're just gonna keep getting choked out until we lose consciousness uh yeah i mean it's literally a little over a week from now huh uh just under two just under two well those two weeks are gonna feel like two months (laughs) all right well uh since uh the trade to actually no let's not let's not do that just yet okay so i told you to look for a king's killer and you know, someone on the Kings that played well. Um, can you list them out right now? Well, the one person that should play well in the Kings that is pretty consistent so far would probably be Halliburton. And probably then I'm hoping Barnes, but that's he's been pretty inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, Barnes was not good this game. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to choose Halliburton. Yeah, well, I'll I'll pick the Halliburton and Mitchell. Those were the only two guys that showed up. Like you look at the box score, like they got no help from anyone else. Like, you know, Buddy Hill scored 11, was not good this game. Like just 
just uh, the frustrating thing about Buddy is that he's missing open shots. It's not even that like I can live with some of the bad shots that he takes sometimes, but the fact that he can't hit open ones is what frustrates me. Barnes just could not get anything going. Like he just it just wasn't his game. And also because they weren't like hitting a lot of shots, like the Knicks packed the paint with Mitchell Robinson. And Mitchell Robinson, I think, blocked uh, Davion Mitchell twice in a row at one point because he could just sit in the paint and just not have to worry about an outside jump shot. Like, you know, Barnes couldn't get anything going, and Halliburton and Mitchell just had nothing to work with. Uh, I see. Well, for my Kings killer, I think you mentioned his name, uh, Evan Fournier. I mean, shooting four frees and... I saw your note. He shot six for six in the first quarter. So I'm going to assume he did pretty well throughout the game. And probably my second guy would maybe be uh, Julius Randle. Really? No love for Alec Burks? I was hoping for oh, you to pick him. Oh, <laughs> man. Don't tell me he was a can killer. Well, no, I'm not. I'm actually not going to pick him. He would be my second choice, Alec Burks. I, uh, Julius Randle, honestly, he played okay. He played out well. But, uh, like, Alec Burks, well, I, uh, let me talk about my actual kick skiller, Quentin Grimes. Now, I'll be honest, not heard of this guy before. I think he was a three-point shooter, I think, in the draft was what I heard. Anyways, he comes in, and, you know, the Kings were actually kind of making a slight run before, like, the lead got way too out of control. I don't even remember the number. But basically, he comes in and just plays tough defense. Like, he plays good defense on Buddy, blows up an action, forces, like, indirectly forces turnovers. He was just all over, guys. And I thought, I honestly felt like, you know, he was pretty annoying just to watch just because, like, he was, you know, torching the Kings. And for whatever reason, the Madison Square Garden loves to look at his face for some reason. Loves zooming in on his face. And... He, again, he comes in, just plays tough defense, basically stops any real run that the Kings were going on. And he played a good amount of minutes where, like, every single minute he was out there, I felt him. And then the second guy, of course, is Alec Burks. He was just the steadying presence. Like, whenever, like, the Kings, again, were kind of making a run, he would basically hit a very devastating three or devastating mid-range. And also, he was, an, he was a dick with just drawing fouls, like... You know, he, he would just, you know, feel the contact and throw the shot up. And, like, he did that a bunch this game. Even, even though he only ended with six free throws, it, like, it felt like way more. Ah, gee. I, I, to be honest, I totally forgot about Alan Burks. And I'm surprised he's still in the league. I mean, he's I heard that he was doing pretty well on the Knicks in some ways. Yeah, and do remember he was on the Kings at one point. I, d I don't know what happened that season. I was actually really excited when they got him too, but like Dave Eager just didn't play him. And you know he had a he had a run on, he had a run on the Warriors that was okay, and then like came to the Knicks, and just, you know with how the how bad the Knicks have been this year, they've actually the bench has always been like the saving grace for them. Like guys like Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, even though he didn't play that well, somehow was you know a plus eighteen. Didn't, Honestly, I didn't feel like he was out there. He was getting locked up by Davion. But, like, you know, the, their bench is really good. It's just that their top-end talent is really bad. Well, not bad, but they're not, they're not, they don't, they just don't, they're just not playing well. And, like, Evan Fournier, like, this is actually an anomaly for him nowadays where he shoots so well. And then he's a complete defensive liability. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, as Wop said in his uh, post-game review, like, the, the the Kings are a charity. They're a get-right game. Like, you know, if you're struggling, you know, circle when you're playing the Kings because you're probably going to get a win. You're probably going to get, 
you know, easy shots. You're probably going to get real comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how it is, I guess. Now. Oh, I thought you were going to say something after now. Never mind. Oh. OK, well, um, anyways, um, let's talk about, I uh, guess, some extra uh, trade news. Let, so, like, I talked to you about um, trade candidates uh, on last episode. I asked you about Jeremy Grant. I asked you about John Collins. Now, I have that. Now, there was a guy that I should have asked you, but I actually forgot to do it. And we played him in this game. It's Julius Randle. Now, oh, boy. Pete, now, like, New York, like, he, he had a great he had a great year last year. And, you know, probably deserved a max extension. Although, like, I, I'm going to start sound like a smartass now, but even during the summer, I was like, that's a pretty, I don't think that's a good deal because I don't think this is what, what he is. I think he had a really good year. And honestly, you cap your ceiling at a certain point with him as your best player. And lo and behold, you know, not to be a dick, not had a great year. Like, he's shown a lot of attitude <laughs> against the uh, New York fans, which is whatever. Like, you know, tell, honestly, tell tell more fans to shut the fuck up because, like, you know, you like you come here to watch me, motherfucker. Like, sh- like shut up, sit in your seat, and just enjoy the game. But he's not been playing well. He's had some issues, and apparently there have been whispers. Now, there have been talks. There's nothing substantial about them. There has been discussions about a possible Fox for Randall swap. Yeah, would you do that? Oh, uh, man. To be honest, I probably wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. I, I, honest, I don't, I'm not a fan of Julius Randall, but one of the arguments uh, up for it is that you might fix a positional need. Like, again, we have a surplus of point guards. We don't have any wing depth. Now, Julius Randle isn't a wing, but he is like, you know, a basically he's he's what we're missing in a way, you know, a, th- a four that can shoot. So, like, he would he would somewhat solve that problem. Of course, he brings like certain problems, too. But like, it wouldn't be the worst idea. I just don't want to give a fox for him. Yeah, definitely not. But I mean, <laughs> feels like every trade is going to revolve around buddy how about buddy <laughs> how about buddy and bagley can we uh, do that for randall uh, on, no, they're not going to do that but like yeah. honestly the one thing i would i think the knicks fans would entertain i don't know about the knicks front office evan and evan fournier and buddy swap because like they 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 hate evan fournier i think for the most part there because uh, he, do, he only plays offense hasn't shot well this year and doesn't play any defense so like you know he would i think he would be an upgrade over buddy and like mm-hmm. you know nicks you finally get a shooter granted like if the knicks if the knicks front office and the knicks fan knew any better they wouldn't do this but honestly i would entertain the idea of a fournier for buddy now fournier has like a contract i think that lasts three more years two or three more years that would be the only thing and buddies is only two so that would be the only thing that would give me a, a teeny bit of pause, but I would probably entertain that if, like, they're really wanting to move off of Fournier. Mm, yeah, I most likely would do that, to be honest, because, you know, like you said in previous episodes, we just got to get rid of Buddy just because he's such a big liability. And, you know, Evan Fournier, of course, has his own liabilities, but, yeah, it can't be as bad as Buddy. Look, I can trust them to at least handle the ball. Like, Buddy's ball handling has fallen off a cliff too somehow. Like, it's, it's I, again, anything, like, just for a bag of potato chips at this point. I am seriously considering that. 
it's it's been that bad mm-hmm. um yeah so that was an idea another trade target that well not really a trade target another a trade idea that was interesting although it probably won't happen now joe angles and like what there were talks about get, um barnes to utah for joe angles and something uh but after the uh acl injury i'm sorry really sorry to hear that but yeah like that deal is off the table now oh man really actually Mm, joke for Joe Ingles and Barnes. It, it would revolve around that. They would have to put something. They would have to trade us another guy. Um, yeah. And which would probably also include some a draft pick of some sort, possibly even a first rounder. Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one for me. But you know, yeah. After Joe Ingles ACL tear, that's it's too bad that I fell through. Or yeah. Ooh. I would have to ask myself by two months ago to to see how I would have thought. Well, the thing with that is, like, if you were do- well, probably wouldn't have happened two months ago. But like now, I think it, it would have happened had Joe Ingles not tore his ACL. But like, the idea is that you just reset, like you 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 trade away Barnes, you get assets back, and you know you finally go into you know what a lot of Kings fans have been dreaming about, go into the tanking mode, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen at this point because, like, you need to get something. I think you can get something better for Barnes is why I don't think it will happen. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, that would be, like, something I would actually wouldn't mind because, like, th- it's grim right now. There's not much hope left. Like, I'm not trying to hold on. To, even though, I, even though like, there's still a part of me that believes that a Ben Simmons trade will, you know, go down. It probably won't happen. But, like, still that teeny bit of hope for me. But... Like, it's going to be tough for the Kings to make a case that they can still make the playoffs. Like, maybe they can still make the play-in. Like, I think they're three and a half games behind or something like that. The 10 seed, although Portland is going to drop off a cliff because they just lost in the Sierra Little, and I don't think Dame is coming back. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the, the window is still open, but it's like, do you want to chase that window? Because, like, the... It, like... W- Part of me is like saying, I guess like you can do it for like experience sake because like um, I remember a great argument that uh, Zach Harper made like two years ago during like I think right before the bubble or like during the bubble. But basically he was talking about the the Pelicans and there were people asking him like, what is the point of the Pelicans making the playoffs? They're like four games out of the out of the uh, what is it? The eighth seed at that point, because we didn't have to play in tournament at that point. There were fans asking him, like, what is the point of, like, fighting for the playoffs? They're just going to get destroyed by the Lakers in the first round. But And he said, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. But, like, the idea but, – but what you what you want from this experience, what you want from just making the 8th seed, you know, you're in games that matter because every game that you win or lose will have an effect on whether you make the playoffs or not. And when you're in that – and, you know pr- – the, so the saying that I was thinking of a few episodes ago was ago a few episodes ago was that pressure makes the best diamonds. You you add pressure onto these guys, and like you want to you want to see what they're made of, and you know if, if they're made of the right you know the right if they're the people for it if they're like if they have that mindset like you you find out that they have that and also you know it's valuable experience for these players to know what it's like to be under pressure. And, you know, and look at the Grizzlies. Like, I imagine just making the playoffs last year, beating the Warriors, 
and taking that one game away from away from Utah without Donovan Mitchell, like that elevated it elevated them this year to the four seed and possibly I think they're the third seed right now. Like they probably look back at that experience like that was crucial to us building our confidence and like getting that experience, like you know, getting the knowledge that has value. So like that will be my argument for making the ten seed. But like it, it's looking grim. I don't even know if you can do that to be honest. To be honest with you, unless you make a big move, and which we don't even know if it's out there. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, ultimately, if you can't make a big move, I would just say go into the tank and like still explore this Joe Ingles thing if you can't get anything better. I see. So let's just say we do acquire these assets. You're saying that we should tank still. What what was the asset? Well, it depends on what we get, of course, like Joe Ingles or even the Ben Simmons, for all we know. If you get Joe Ingles and a pick and a young player, go into the tanker because, first of all, he's out. Yeah. And like, you know, the guy you're going to get is going to be a young guy. Mm -hmm. He's not going to help you win this year. Just go into the tank. My the point that a lot of people are making, pick a direction. Do you want to make the play in or do you want to just go on full on tank and tank for, you know, a top five pick? Pick a direction. Don't stay where you are right now. Or actually, no, stay where you are right now because you're in position for a top five pick. Mm. <laughs> I see. Yeah, because we're, we're yeah. I, I want to say we're in the halfway mark, more towards the bottom than we should be, but pretty close to the 10 if we try enough. But yeah, at this point, I would say tank as well. Okay. Well, yeah, but... Uh, there was not another guy that I'm going to ask you about. Maybe it'll come up like maybe later on this episode if it ever does come up. Maybe the next episode because um, Julius Randle was mainly the, only, the guy I wanted to ask you about. Again, uh, I'm actually I'm not a big fan of him. I, I just no. don't think like he's really a needle mover and mm-hmm. maybe a trade will help him. I'm more looking for like guys like Zach Collins. Or, no, it's not Zach Collins. John Collins or like someone younger and honestly more exciting. No, no no shade to Julius Randle. He does not excite me at all. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. One more thing before we move on to the to like the last part of the uh, podcast. So I listened to Jason Jones today, and he's talking about like blow blowing it up. He's on team just blow this blow the shit up. Okay. And so he's also actually referring to the coaching staff. So like it looks like Alvin Gentry is probably not going to come back, even if he wants to. I don't huh. know why he would want to. Yeah. So, so like Alvin Gentry, Alvin Gentry probably out. Okay. Do you keep the assistant coaches and just hire one oh. head coach? Oh man, that's tough. I don't, because I don't know uh, too much about the assistant coaches or the staff that works with the players. Remind me, remind me before I ever quiz you on the Kings and just have you name who the assistant coaches oh, are. Oh gosh, I better study up on that then. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I, I, I was hoping you would know. I don't remember, to be honest. Do you know? <laughs> it's, it's not about remembering with you. It's about do you know? Mm, I would say. Uh, I'm just gonna assume no. Okay, continue with your point. Yeah, but I, I'm just gonna assume. Not assume, but I, I would just say we should start a fresh slate and hire new staff yes i finally get to disagree with you on this episode i'm i i want to keep this uh, assistant coaching staff 
from what I've heard about Rico Hines, great, great assistant coach, mm-hmm. great trainer. Like Doug Christie, loved him on the broadcast. He was one of the most, he was so oh, insightful. Man. You know, great. It's, it just seems like he's a guy with a lot of knowledge and could could actually end up becoming like a great head coach at one point. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Harding, good, good things. All all I hear is good things. Uh, who else is on that? Uh, like, well, not Bobby Jackson anymore. I think those are the three that I know. Uh, There's probably other ones. It, you know, if you, like oh, Mike Lombardi, like he can honestly he can he can go <laughs> um, <just> because <laughs> I don't. I don't like the defense this year. Granted, the defense last year was worse, but he ain't the answer. But yeah. like for those guys, I think I think they're good. Oh my gosh! If, if you can, if you guys can't see me because you can, I have my hand over my head because I can't believe I can't name at least one of those guys, and I know all of those guys. Yeah, I think uh, the Doug Christie one is the one you're. Um, I yeah, Rico Hines yourself is on second. the head. Rico Hines is second. Lindsay, I know third. I forgot who the fourth one you already said already. Yeah. This is this is yeah. uh, uh this is falling by the way. So Yeah. A- anyway, anyways, you, you just made me lose my train of thought. But uh <laughs> yeah, well, I think these guys I think these guys are good. And I and honestly, like best case scenario, like I think, you know, you can I think you can st- I think you can hire a head coach and keep these three. Or, yeah, keep these, mm-hmm. keep these three guys. Like, I, I think that would be the best case scenario. Cause like, like as it's shown since Lucas has been fired, it ain't the coaches. It ain't got nothing to do with the coaches. Mm-hmm. It's the players that that are the that are the problem. And you know, like, I just want to see these guys succeed. Like, you know, you hear the repu- like you hear around the league. Like, these guys have great reputations. Doug, Doug is probably the only one so far because of just like he doesn't have the track record yet. But like these guys are like these guys know what I I have the feeling that they know what they're talking about they know what they're doing and they do a good job at it. It's just that the players just ha- it just hasn't worked for whatever reason. So I just I just think the best case scenario is that we hire a new head coach or you know if anything like I wouldn't mind if Alvin stayed to be honest. Mm, like if yeah. he can come, granted I don't love the offense that he runs and like the defense is a whole nother thing. But like, if you hire a good defensive coordinator, I think that I think it'll be better. But like, you know, Alvin Alvin is a good coach, I think. But like, he's been handed a shitty situation that I I don't think you know Phil Jackson could coach his way out of. <laughs> oh man, I see. So you you'd be willing to keep him in the staff, but probably not as assistant coach. That's that's the tough thing. I don't I've never I don't think I've ever heard of a situation where the head coach steps down to become assistant coach. Yeah. Like you kind of have I think you have to get rid of them. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I guess that would be the absolute best case scenario. Like Alvin just goes back to the bench, but I don't know, like there there are guys I'd be interested in. Honestly, I would have been very excited if like we got Becky Hammond before she went back to the WNBA, but like that that would have been a great pick. Like maybe you can, what I think her name is Don Don Stacy. I think is her name. But like as the other um possible woman head coach. Like you know, th- say what you want about the Kings like organization as it pertains to basketball. Like they've been great on social justice issues, and it would actually be pretty cool and pr- honestly to a certain degree pretty fitting that you know they picked the first woman head coach. You know. Like, you know, there are, of course, guys like Kenny Atkinson and like other coaches that will be fine. But, you know, like it's there are a lot of options out there. And I just hope that Monty can actually do a full full on search in the offseason. 
Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he will. Uh, yeah, with Alvin, uh, yeah, I'm definitely thinking he would be out. I mean, he's been pretty sick and tired if after all those uh, post-game interviews that he has done <laughs> with uh, the Kings' losses. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, I like if I was him, I I wouldn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. Like this this damn team. Like, especially if it's going to be this team, like, you know, maybe changes will happen, but like this team has driven him crazy mm-hmm. and it's, it's a lot of bullshit you have to deal with. And I don't know why anyone would want to deal with it. But, yeah. You know, that, oh. that's, I, I would love for him to come back, but like the, the circumstances have to be correct. Yeah. I would also want to, I mean, it's not related to coaching staff, but we need to get rid of buddy <laughs> because I don't know why he, he always plays when we or he shouldn't be playing i mean like we said before he's a pretty big liability and uh, in my opinion i don't know if, how much he cares about uh this team anymore to extent oh he's done you can mm. kind of tell like you know maybe maybe it is getting to him like the trade rumors the anxiety is getting to him but like yeah i don't think he's really cared Uh, for a while like i'm not on the beginning of the season sure like he was playing well and you know he was buying into his role but nowadays he's just he he it just feels like he keeps breaking off plays and just doing his own thing it's just he's done and like this should have happened over the summer like before Mm -hmm. training camp you know like as 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 much shit as i've given daryl morey i can't deny that you know monty comes from the same playbook like you got to get value for these guys quote-unquote value instead of just doing the right thing and just you know taking the hit selling for pennies on the dollar and just getting something back and honestly removing like the the buddy the buddy conundrum from the locker room now of course like these guys like each other and like get along just fine but like it's basically screwed up td season like td was supposed to be doing what buddy was doing and Mm -hmm. like he's shown that he can do that yeah. And honestly, do, has done it all probably better than Buddy for many games at this point. Like, it's screwed up that role. And then you have the Marvin thing, like, you know, hovering over over, over the team. Like, again, these guys like each other and probably won't, probably will all, will keep saying, like, you know, it wasn't a problem. It was just we couldn't play well together for whatever reason. It's, it's, there's something there. And, like, you know, Monty has not done a good job of, like, you know, managing, managing personalities and managing like just the the dynamic in the locker room now granted it's part it is part of his job but like it's not his main priority but like you know it's just keeping those two guys there like did something and i'm not saying like we'd be a 41 team because of it but like it, it, it had a negative effect you can't deny that no oh, yeah okay uh, last thing to talk about. Um, so TD had a had surgery on his wrist. He will be reevaluated in three months. Doesn't mean he'll be back in three months. He's out for at least three months. Which, ba- oh, which basically that means the end of the season. He's out for the rest of the season. We ain't making the playoffs. So unless we do make the playoffs, then maybe he'll come back. But I, I don't know. But um, Fox w- Fox is questionable again for oh. the uh, Nets game. Like. I'm not going to be surprised if, like, they just announce he's got, I don't know, bone spurs or something. Like, they're probably just something they're not telling us. Oh, um, man. Uh, Marvin will be out uh, because of his, I think, he, yeah, I think he injured his ankle or something. Apparently, he was carried off, but I didn't catch it. 
Oh, man. <laughs> what terrible injuries. Especially TD, man. Three months. Uh, nah. Was it from uh, the... Whatchamacallit? Was it from that one game? It is from the Boston game, yes. Yeah. And Fox, again? Man. There's something going on that that's not being that's not being just announced, basically. Like, here's the thing. I'm not... Like, I 100% believe that there's something going on. Like, in terms of, like, if it's an... Like, I think there's an actual injury. I yeah. want to believe that it's not because he just want like it's because of the trade rumors but like that could be a possibility maybe he needs like james ham just like and sean cunningham just talked about it maybe it's just a mental break thing like he's just been through like apparently coming into training camp he was looking a little off and like his like his personality was a little off like maybe it's just a mental break like the, the the weight of the franchise has weight on him and you could kind of see it this year with him and during interviews and maybe it is just a mental break but like part but like what i'm choosing to kind of buy into is that there's probably just an injury that they're not telling us about because De'Aaron, as far as we know wants to play like that's the thing that confuses me about the situation it's like like if he's able to play i think he would play mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure oh man that really sucks <laughs> because I mean it's kind of like a what's the word anomaly of when he's going to be coming back well this, I, yeah we don't know anymore like, yeah. it's just, it just seems to be it, it, there's something going on behind the scenes and maybe it is a trade coming down but like it's again we don't have we don't have anything and you know if it is an injury, like we just hope, like why why aren't the Kings a little bit more transparent with it? Would be mm. my question. If it is an actual injury, yeah. um, it, um, well let's uh, let's end this on a on a better note, on a good note. So Halliburton and Davion have been uh, named to the Rising Stars Challenge. They will be participating in All Star Weekend, and yay, we have some representation at the All Star Weekend. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Wait. So is there nothing about... Wait, has there been a... a wait, what was it? Three-point shooting? No, the rookie one. No, no, this is, no, this is the one. Oh, it is the one. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's uh, first and second year players. And there, I believe there wasn't one last year, which is why Halliburton didn't make the one last year. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's why I was a little confused because I remember they took out something, but I wasn't sure if it was that specific uh, game yeah and uh nothing as far as i know on the dunk contest and the three-point shooting contest uh for better for worse um i mean the only one that would probably be have a participate have a participant in from the kings is buddy and uh we don't know if he'll be here honestly by the time um the trade dev by the time all-star weekend comes around Mm, yeah i mean you gotta protect that three-point championship back in oh man yeah, I mean, he can't protect it because he didn't participate last year. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a little, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Well, that's all I have um, on my notes. A bit of a negative episode. Honestly, a bit of a discombobulated episode as well because, yeah, Fong didn't watch the game, so, you know, um, I just and honestly, I didn't do a good job on staying on staying on topic either. I just. You know, just it, 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 the season's starting to wear down on us. And, uh, 
yeah, you're seeing it in some of uh, some of our podcasting as well. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a freaking uh, graph if we if there was ever one to be made of us having the highest of excitement in the beginning of the season plummeting down on a slope. Well, yeah, unfortunately, that's just how I mean, you can just correlate it to how the Kings have performed the lowest of bottoms. And honestly, it probably is going to get again. It's probably going to get worse um, for a bit. And uh, yeah, the trade deadline can come any faster. Yep. I mean, in two weeks, maybe we'll say otherwise, because maybe we'll have some hope or excitement uh, for the Kings by that time. Okay, uh, last thing I'll ask you about. So here are the players that I think are probably going to get traded. And you tell me if they're going to be still be on this team. Okay. Or if you if you agree with me that they're going to be traded. Okay. Harrison Barnes. Yes, he will be traded. Rashawn Holmes. Oh, man. I, I don't want him to be traded. It, for him, it's going to have to be a really good deal. Because we keeping him is real nice and he is on a good deal so is that a yes or a no oh sorry no it's a no it's a no okay no, uh, sorry um i mean i what mo harkless he's on the trade oh well, i mean yeah he's probably been floated out there it's just that it hasn't been announced yeah i mean yeah why not because i mean uh, we haven't given too much playing time, and I, I don't know why. And I doubt he's going to get any more playing time. Uh, unless, like, we trade a lot of guys out. And, I mean, he's the only, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, uh, forward we have left, I guess. Okay. Uh, Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Uh, Alex Lett. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's gone too. Like he hasn't played much, and you know, with with the emergence, I don't even want to say emergence. With Kada coming coming up, there isn't that much room for him, really. Mm-hmm. And like you know, he can't get minutes now for whatever reason either. So, yeah, I think I think Alex Lynn is gone. Tristan Thompson is yeah definitely gone. We're, we're I'm pretty sure we're on point with Buddy. So, mm-hmm. um, Fox. That's that's a tough one. Oh man, that is a tough one. I would want to say no, no for now. I'm I'm leaning more and more towards yes. I think I'm uh, I think I'm going to say yes just because this team needs a, needs a culture reset. And I hate to do this to him, but like he, it, it's you know I'm going to go on a bit of a rant about just how like the. So, like, Ja is, you know, a very extroverted player, like, extroverted person, just the guy that is definitely the face of a franchise and, like, you know, talks like he is and, like, basically, care, like, really carries it on, like, with the way he plays. Just, you know, all the shit talking, all the confidence, just, like, he doesn't try to hide it at all. De'Aaron is a lot more reserved in, in that way. He's, you know, he's, like, he won't talk. He won't talk shit to you unless you're talking shit to him. And, you know, I don't know what's happened with his confidence, but like in, in years past, like he I felt like he could have been like the face of the franchise. Just not that, you know, kind of in the same manner as like Steph. But ultimately, you need a guy that's, you know, you know, going to be really animated like a Draymond Green to, to uh, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, unless you can somehow get that guy, there's no way to really keep Fox around because he can't be the face of the franchise and he's being paid as one. And I, and you know, he's been around long enough, like in this culture that he has kind of, be, he is kind of ingrained into it in a way. And like, you know, ultimately I think that, that this team needs a culture reset. And unfortunately it's going to have to come at the expense of him. Um, now I'm not saying that it's his fault. I, I'm more blaming the Kings franchise for being so bad. The general managers for making such bad decisions. The the owners for getting involved when they didn't need to and not getting involved when you couldn't when you could have. AKA Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Like they they've just done so much wrong and it's and I think it's finally kind of caught up to him and he might need a just just a reset. And you know, I, I can see this. I can see that this team finding success with him on this team. But I think, I think, you know, you need to overhaul the entire, the entire like organization, basically. So. Yeah, I mean, I I can see what you mean, but I, I'm gonna say this word again. But I hope that if we do keep him, <laughs> that and we get, you know, assets to you know, go around Halliburton and Fox, that maybe that type of culture will change in that kind of mindset that's my hope but i guess yeah your idea sounds a little more um i guess more possible in terms of more success with the kings at this point and make no mistake i i i I would advocate for keeping them if anything but like i think the reality is like at a certain point it's some some things have run its course and it fox might fox just might have like you know run his time is his time could be out i'm not saying it is and i could totally see this team finding success because you don't need to be like ja, ja as a person the the important thing is you need to be fucking good at basketball and you need to be you need to have a good team supporting you again i will reiterate this in in spite of what i just said you switch ja and fox around I don't think there's I don't think there's a, that big of a difference. I really don't. And it's just that this team has been bad. The the the, play, the people in power just haven't put it, put the right team together around him. And I think again, I think it's finally gotten to it. Like it's it's been, it's slowly seeping and breaking and honestly breaking De'Aaron. Like if if it is if like Jason Jones's speculation is right, I think it was Jason Jones or James Ham. I don't remember. But if the speculation is true that Fox just needs a mental break, like that's that's a that's a black mark on the organization. Like that you let this kind of garbage happen. <sighs> yeah. It's too bad because I was hoping that Fox would be, you know, our future star, but it hasn't happened yet, and it's been his fifth year. So I guess, yeah, it's it's too bad to see it come to this uh, point. Yeah, but I, I would I would ultimately advocate for keeping him, but I I think that I think like we might need to face facts. And except the fact that you know he had he he's broken basically by the by the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the, it might it might be time for a change. But mm-hmm. ultimately, if possible, like I would advocate for keeping them again. I will keep re- reiterating that point. Um, I, but I do think like if a big deal is to happen, like in, I, I don't 
I would prefer not to be Julius Randle, but if it's it is Julius Randle, you would probably have to get rid of Fox. If it's John Collins, you probably have to include Fox in that. And with like Pascal Siakam, you definitely need to include Fox in that. So mm-hmm. those are the only kinds of deals I would do it for. Not, not the Julius Randle one, but you know that's what I that's what I see happening. We'll we'll see what happens in the coming coming week or so. And hopefully, for the love of God, just do something. Like, I don't want to see the same team come back. I do not. No, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what happened in the beginning of the season. The only really big thing that has happened in the beginning of the season was getting Rashawn back at a, like, great deal. And other than that, I, don't, I, I mean, getting Len back, sure. I mean, yeah, nothing... Nothing has changed since last season besides, you know, trade, uh, getting a uh, Davion. So, yeah, it's just going to repeat itself, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, man, if we trade, if we end up, you know, in, in a hypothetical scenario, if we trade Rashawn to Toronto, that would be so dirty just because I think the I think the report was he could have signed there for, I think, what, four for 80? And oh, now we're really? shipping, and now we're shipping him off to Toronto, and like, you know, if he could have done it back, I like he he could have just gotten eighty million dollars as opposed to what just just under fifty. Like, man, I, that would feel so bad. I I hope uh, same thing with Rashad. I hope he stays, but like there there's 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 issues with him, but like I think he can be part of a part of a good Kings team, and I hope he does stay. But yeah, you, you know, but, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, but sadly with what the team's going through right now, I mean, we we can't <laughs> we can't uh, feel sorry for those type of trades to be honest because no, oh no I will just because again he gave him a lot of money to stay with Sacramento yeah and he they turn around and trade him mm-hmm. yeah ah uh, man that that's gonna make me feel bad if that actually does come through yeah okay well anyways um that's all i have for this episode anything else you want to quickly go over any football talk that you want to do or no uh i've been pretty kind of avoiding it right now but you know tom brady finally retired so that's has it. actually been confirmed i'm, I'm pretty sure because <laughs> what i heard was that he hasn't told tampa bay that he's retiring let's see I'm pretty sure he posted like, on Instagram and everything, I I believe. I, I haven't dug deep into it because after that Niners game, I kind of got pooped out of football for a little while. But, you know, when it comes to Tom Brady, I mean, he's I mean, he's the go. Yeah, oh, well, that I can understand. I can understand your pain a little bit because honestly, I feel that way when the Kings lose. I just tune out, but. Yeah, until I see, you know, Tom Brady in the Hall of doing his Hall of Fame speech, I probably won't believe he's retired. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, of course. If he's not back next season, he's retired. But, you know, um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I've heard from. That's all I've heard about the Tom Brady situation. Anything else you want to talk about? I don't really know what else. I mean, not much Kings news has happened. NFL's over for Niners. I mean, I, I'm probably not going to watch WWE in a while. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Even though... 
Uh, no, I do not. All right, well then let's uh, let's end this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you after the back to back after the Golden State game. All right, and happy New Year's to those who celebrate it. Happy Lunar New Year's, by the way. I'm in. Yep, happy new Lunar New Year to every one of you. Gong Hei Fa Choi to those of you that celebrated, and you know we wish you health and prosperity. All right, Eden. Well, we'll see you guys later.